Ecclesiastes chapter 9, the last hymn we were singing, morning by morning new mercies I see. It, it reminds me of some verses I think of often when I wake up, Lamentations chapter 3. In verse 22 it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You believe that? New mercies every day when we wake up. Well, let's, let's get to our lesson. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11 Last week we shared verses 1 through 10 and we talked about how good and bad things happen to those who are saved. Good and bad things happen to those who are unsaved. So forget the evaluation is what we talked about and, and, and accept the equality that all things happen to all people. We'll make ourselves miserable if we don't heed to that in God's Word and all that we go through. And, and we can overcome the evil of who cares how we live then. There's a, there's a, there's a tempting thought of since, since good and bad are just going to happen to all, who cares how we live then. But, but that's not the attitude God gives His child about life. No, no matter what comes, life is encouraging. While there is life, there is hope. Jesus Christ is our blessed hope. And we have hope through this life as His children. There is access to hope for every unsaved person while they are alive and on this earth. But, but after the last heartbeat and after the last breath, there, there's no hope in that day. There's no compromising. There, there's, no, there's no kind of uh, loophole around it in that day. It's, it's on earth that we're forgiven for our sins. So know that you have hope in Jesus Christ. And know that as you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others, that there is hope for them to be saved. And so we can enjoy life in the Lord. We can, in, we can enjoy life in this world. But we, we grow in an elevated life of holiness that we, that we enjoy in the Lord. And, and then we talked about marriage and live joyfully with the wife of thy youth. Mar marriage is not a negative thing. Marriage is something God created. Uh, if we were... To sit and think of it as a negative thing is an insult to God. My daughter had a teacher in high school, and, and he looked at a picture of a fish. And he said, man, that's an ugly fish. And then he said, and you'd have to know the man, but he said he was so convicted in his heart because God made that fish, and he's calling it an ugly fish. People call marriage ugly, and God created, and it, it's something to be joyful in. It's an honorable thing. It's good. And then in verse 10, we closed with being diligent in effort. In everything we do, 
We're to do it to the glory of God. And that's going to take us into verses 11 through 18 as long as, as, as well as considering the thought of wisdom. We're still on wisdom. And so look in verse 11 with me. As we look in verses 11 and 12 at a guarantee. Solomon writes, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. We, we talked about that last week. All of these things that happen to everyone. And so we see it again tonight. And, and it makes us consider our abilities, our gifts that we have, the, the talents that we have that we can use. We, we have abilities. We have different abilities. Some, their, imbili- their abilities were, are inherited. Some, they're given directly from God. And ultimately, all of them are given from God. But they come in those different ways. And they are great to have. It's great to have ability. It's great to have talent that we can use it. We can use it for the glory of God. Abilities are, are mentioned here. There's the ability of speed that's mentioned, and strength, and wisdom, and understanding, and skill. Let's just look at these directly, the ones that are mentioned here. You know, it's, it's wonderful to discover abilities that we have, that we can use to glorify God. We, we discover those, and God reveals those to us. As we serve Him, there are those who have had abilities that they have used in this world. And then the Lord saved them, and they used those abilities for the Lord. A friend of mine named Paul Magnus, he, I tried to look him up a while back, and, and I wasn't going to be able to get a hold of him because he's in heaven now. But while he was on this earth as a lost man, he played his guitar and he sang in places that weren't very nice. They were immoral places. And then the Lord saved his soul. And he played in church for the Lord. Played his guitar and he sang in a little country church. He sang the special 50 out of 52 Sundays a year, I think, in that little country church. He actually came to uh, our former building over on Bender Road to a fifth Sunday singing and he sang for us. So he had an ability. And then when the Lord saved him, his testimony was he immediately knew what he was going to do with that ability that God gave him. And he used it. He used it for the Lord. It's great to have ability to, to do things for God and to see the success that comes from using our ability for God. Wisdom being one. We're able to use wisdom and and good things come about. But, you know, what if we don't see the achieved success? 
in it. You know, what, what if we use our abilities, we're using them for the Lord, but things just don't turn out as we would like. We would like to see a goal achieved that's God-glorifying. And sometimes it doesn't happen. What did we read here? But time and chance happeneth to them all. Sometimes we don't, we don't have a guarantee that the goal's going to be completely achieved. What do we do? What do we do? We, we keep on using our abilities for the glory of God. But, but time and chance happeneth to all. There's things that happen. We, we read of speed as a, a, a skill that someone has, as a talent, as an ability. You know, the, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. He, he might get disqualified for illegal drug usage to enhance his health to be able to win that race. He might cheat because he has to keep that status of first place. He might start off wrong and be disqualified. You know, the fastest runner is not always going to win the race. He might have some competition and, and burn himself out in the beginning and come up slow in the end, and he's not the one to bust the tape at the finish line. You know, there's not a guarantee that the fastest winner runner is going to win the race. I'll never forget being at camp, and we had a canoe race. And this boy, he was from another church. I barely knew him, but he came in last place, and he said, Mama lied to me. She said, slow and steady wins the race. But sometimes slow and steady will win the race. It's not always the, the fastest one or, or the strongest you know, the, what, what did we read about? We read of another, the, the, the race, the, they that run the war is not to the swift, nor the ba- there it is, nor the battle to the strong. Didn't work out for Goliath. You know, but, but even turn it around and, I mean, you, you have David who fell to the, the next giant, Ishbibanob. And Ishbibanob went to went to take David out. Some people say it was because of David's old age. Maybe he was overconfident. Maybe those who have strength for battle are overconfident and they're not always going to be able to win the battle. The strongest, they're, they're not always going to do the best in battle. They'll get overconfident and not put forth 100%. You know, and, and speaking of the rest of these, many wise people have earned a lot of money. But, but that doesn't mean that every wise person does. There are things that factor into people's lives and, and things that hinder those who are extremely wise for that area. And they have faced circumstances that hinder them. And so the wise could live in poverty. You know, there's, there's no guarantee uh, of what's going to happen with those abilities that we possess. Skills, mastering the art of something. They, they impress and they win favor, but, but not all of the time. Verse 12 says, For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. No matter what abilities we know we have and we can use today, we don't know what tomorrow holds 
or the, the immediate surprises that will come upon our lives, the circumstances. And, the, and then there's the circumstance of death that comes. You know, these, these things happen to, to all, not knowing our expiration date. You know, that, that should encourage us to use our abilities for God. No, no, no matter what, no, we, not for the satisfaction of, of always seeing this success, but living our lives with what we have to do for the Lord, for the glory of God. And when things don't turn out like we would like to see them, like we would like to see the success, it's still success to live faithfully for the Lord and to use our abilities for Him. And we should do what we can while we can. We should be encouraged to do so, even though there's no guarantee of the outcome of what we see and the experience of those things. Let's look at greatness concerning wisdom, though. There, there, there's no guarantee, or, or, or else it would be selfish. If there was the guarantee that everything would turn out just as what we would like to see in the achievement, it would be, it would be a temptation to selfishness to do these things. But there, there's no guarantee. Uh, but let's look at the greatness of wisdom in verses 13 through 18. Verse 13 says, This wisdom have I seen also under the sun. And it seemed great unto me. Man, there's, 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 all, there's all of these abilities. There's the swift, there's the strong, there's, there's the wise, there's, to, there's the men of understanding, there's, there's the skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. But this wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. Though there's no guarantee on the outcome of wisdom, it's not from wisdom itself failing. Circumstances in life happens. We all have a lot in life that, that we have to deal with. God's grace is sufficient for us in all that we have to deal with in life. That doesn't mean that wisdom isn't great just because we don't perfectly see the outcome we would like. Solomon is, is concluding here by some observation that, hey, wisdom, wisdom is great. Look what it does do. It's powerful. Wisdom will do a lot of protecting. It will protect us. Wisdom is precious. Just because there's no guarantee that situations won't hinder our abilities and wisdom, that doesn't mean we should have an I don't care attitude about life. And maybe no one here has that attitude. But what's going to come along in life? What's going to happen in our lives? What These unexpected surprises that come about in the will of God, using our abilities for Him. It can't be about that. 
It can't be about that. It shouldn't be the mentality that, that we would just throw in the towel over something that happens or something that doesn't happen and just have the I don't care attitude. Solomon's hitting on this here. And that should not be the mentality. Why pursue success with our abilities for the Lord? Why pursue wisdom and walking in wisdom and living in wisdom when it may be stumped or sidetracked because of these road bumps that we hit in life? Solomon knew that this could be the mentality resulting from verse 11 when he says, but time and chance happen to them all. So here in verse 13, he speaks of wisdom as being great. Why don't we just do whatever then since these things happen to, to whoever? Look, wisdom is better than folly. It is better to ask God for wisdom, to grow in His wisdom than to live a life of folly. Man, you can, you can get on your phone or you can look at Hollywood and you can see all kinds of people living a life of folly. I don't understand the attraction to their lives that they live. But there's so many who are attracted to lives of folly. It's better to have wisdom and to live with wisdom. We're always better when we're growing in the application of knowledge to life. That's what wisdom is. The ability to apply knowledge to life. We're always better when we're growing in that, no matter what the outcome is. What God is doing in heaven and preparing for us in heaven and rewards that are there, no matter what the outcome is here that we see, it's better to live with wisdom. It doesn't have to be about the perfect outcome of what we do with our abilities, a highlighted ability being wisdom. Not everyone's sold on that though. And so, and so we would go to the following verses of a story to explain some things about this wisdom. Verse 14, there was a little city, Solomon says, and a few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. You know, having been a part of the grocery business, I, I guess you could say, with the job I had for so long, I, I got to know a lot of little grocery stores in the country, mom and pop grocery stores, and, and really came to love the, the owners of them and the, the employees you know, mom and pop little grocery store and somebody in the little town working there for 20 years. And, man, you talk about a family. And they were like a family. And then all of a sudden, the big mega store moves in in between the two towns. And the little mom and pop store starts to suffer 
and and they just and the the big store just just sucks the customers, sucks the life out of the store, and I it, it always burdened me when that happened. And here we have a little city with a few men and a big powerful king coming against the city in a wrong way. And there's this one little poor wise man who steps up. Strong, powerful king and, and all that comes with him. And you have one poor wise man that steps up. Praise God for that. God's people need to step up and be bold in the wisdom of God. We live in such a day and time where people are, need, feel like they need to be so sensitive to be politically correct. Or that, or that if the child of God acts in a boldness, oh, it's unloving. That's not the case at all. I've seen a lot of passionate bold children of God who had great compassion and love, but they took a stand. And we still need godly people to take a stand. We still need godly people to raise their wise voices with, with words of wisdom, and they need to be heard. Efforts need to be put forth by God's people. If the poor wise man loses, thank God he's a man of conviction and he's found faithful to take a stand for what is right. And great is his reward in heaven. Whether it be victory or temporary defeat, we all have the victory ultimately in in Christ Jesus. But as you might consider with the children of Israel and some losses they suffered, there are some, there are some temporary things that seem like a loss. I, I know some laws that have been passed and, and the world thought that they won and the Christians lost. Man, they're talking about battles and, and they're not considering the war because we have already won. So there are going to be some losses. So, so acting in wisdom and taking a stand, taking a stand for God in wisdom, even if you're all alone, praise God you're found faithful no matter what the outcome is. And we need more godly people standing up like that today. When we think of those standing up in a boldness and wisdom for what is right, we kind of have to think about the past, I think. I think about a lot of godly leaders who stood up for what was right, and, and a lot of them are in the past. And we still need them today. The poor wise man took a stand, and it says here, that he by his wisdom delivered the city. The man was poor and he was weak, but he was wise. Wisdom is powerful. Wisdom is greater than any strength that anyone can bring against one. Look at the sad thing about it at the end of verse 15. Yet no man remembered 
that same poor man. Some of, some of the greatest, the greatest people that have ever been are, are Christians. The greatest things that have ever been done on this earth have been done by Christians, by the power of God in their lives. Not, not these successful people in the world or, or in, in Hollywood or anything like that. Christians have done the greatest things that have ever been. And some of the greatest heroes there are, they, they've been forgotten. They're forgotten. The pattern of great godly leaders of this country from times past, a lot of those things are no longer practiced and they're forgotten. The poor, man, the poor wise man proved, though, that wisdom is greater than weapons. Wisdom, the power of wisdom. If any, if any of us lack wisdom, let us ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Closing on the greatness of wisdom, let's look at verses 16 through 18. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. You see Solomon's conclusion here? I think we can believe it. Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of the wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. As great as wisdom is, there are those who don't want it. There are those who don't want to hear it. They keep wanting to operate in their own strength. They think, they think the battle is with weapons and not with wisdom. There, there are people who wouldn't know what's good for them if it hit them upside the head. The emphasis in verse 17, the words of the wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. The emphasis here is not on the delivery of the words here, but the reception, the reception of the words. And, and what's basically being said is fools don't get the message, though shouted with passion by authority, but the wise... Calmly meditate on truthful words spoken. You know, many people are never changed by the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. It, it happens. I, I've, I've read books by really good preachers, and they pastored churches, and they said that, that they had members of the church for 25 years, and they never appeared to be excited about the Lord, and they never appeared to grow. And then you have others in the same congregation and they are deeply moved by the Word of God and their life is continually changed by the Lord and, and the, their life goes from, from the, the, the things of, of the world to the things of the Lord and it's all about the Lord and His Word and His church and His Holy Spirit leading our lives and, and ministry work and work as a child of God in the church becomes more important than 
than our work in the world. Even though we don't neglect that, we need to be faithful to, to earn a living and support our families. But the work of God is the greater thing for them. And, and so there's a changing that happens with, with words and people are deeply moved and changed. But some are not. Wisdom is better than weapons, verse 18, of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. There's just absolutely no guarantee on these abilities. Wisdom being highlighted here, but, but wisdom is great. Never, never, blame, never blame wisdom for any lack of achievement. Never blame wisdom for the circumstances that we deal with in this life. It's amazing, though, what we can do with wisdom versus what happens without it. You know, as far as not seeing a lot of things, wisdom is a preventer. It's a preventer from a lot of bad things happening. It's a preventer of a lot of scars in our lives when we act in wisdom. But without it, the influence of wickedness brings destruction upon ourselves as well as others. I say we choose wisdom. The Bible says to get wisdom. And by Solomon's observation, the Holy Spirit has led him in this portion where, it, where it's all about wisdom and the importance of wisdom in our lives. No matter what happens. No matter what. You know, that really helps life. That really helps us in life, no matter what. Kind of like the three Hebrew children. He said, we're not, they said, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to bow down and worship the golden image. Our God is able to deliver us. But even if He doesn't, we're not going to bow down and and worship you. It wasn't planned, but let me go ahead and read this. Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, we're, we're not shaking in our boots over this for you. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will... Deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, I underlined that in, in Daniel 3.18. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, now that's, that's coming over to another subject, but I'm, I want to tie that in with, with no matter what, no matter what, they weren't going to bow down to the false gods. No, no matter what the outcome is of 
wisdom applied to our lives. There's no failure in wisdom. And what's the, what's the alternative? To live a life of folly? Just because time and chance happeneth to all and different things happen to all? No. No, Solomon is given such great emphasis on, on wisdom in the life. Everyone can have it. All we have to do is ask for it, get it. And, you know, if, if we say we know, oh, oh, I know what's right. I know what the Bible says. I know what I should do. That's knowledge without wisdom. But whenever it comes to that time where we have instruction from God's Word and by faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we do what's right. We've walked in wisdom. And that's what's powerful. That's what protects us. And that's what is so precious. Let us bow now again to the Lord in a word of prayer and and we have some great things to praise the Lord for, but we also have some heavy prayer requests. So please be mindful of those things. And, and Brother Terry Metter, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer, sir? And,